suing anybody today in the fast lane. We're not countersuing anybody. Are you sure? I am very sure right now, Trey. Okay, unlike, good. I'm not getting sued. Unlike Florida State, which issued their statement today, quote from FSU Trustees Chair Peter Collins, Today we've reached a crossroad in our relationship with the ACC. I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights and its severe withdrawal penalties. Well, why not start it off today in the fast lane with what he said and what he meant? Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things, and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but... For the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing, and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So yes, we read that statement from FSU Chair Peter Collins saying, quote, today we've reached a crossroads. In our relationship with the ACC, we'll stop right there. Today, you reach that conclusion? Not months ago when you held another saber-rattling or maybe it should be spearing board of directors meeting where you basically said that you were going to have to leave the ACC at some point because of the way things were structured. Not, not then, not voting against the expansion of the ACC, as bad as that may have been to add SMU, Cal, and Stanford, but whatever. Uh, today's the day you reach that conclusion. Um, yeah. And Peter Collins, I believe this board has been left no choice but to challenge the legitimacy of the ACC grant of rights and its severe withdrawal penalties. Um, no choice. I mean, technically there's not. They can always stay in the ACC. The choice is if we want to compete with schools with whom we're recruiting, where eventually revenue sharing is going to become a thing, then yes, we have to try to get out of the ACC because we will just fall too far behind. And it's fascinating to look at this dynamic. First of all, David Glenn of North Carolina Sports Network, ncsportsnetwork.com, going to join us around 525 today to give more of a legal expertise take on this situation. But the FSU, there's a lot of frustration. They're, they're willing now, and they're going to go to court against the ACC. Um, it's fascinating because I have been so adamantly opposed to some of the ACC's expansion efforts. Okay, let's be honest, most of them. I get Miami and Virginia Tech. Thought they should have brought in West Virginia and stopped there because you never want to get Notre Dame to be a full member. Syracuse, Boston College, uh, and others, frankly, have not brought all that much to the table. Although I guess you could argue Louisville they have. But uh, it's not wrong in that regard. And there even have been schools in the ACC, which again, boutique conference in a world where corporate conferences dominate the landscape. The ACC has never wanted to really keep up and have tried to hide behind the academic umbrella. So that's kind of where we're in this spot right now. But FSU's legal counsel, looking back to 20, 2010 when there was no exit fee, now it's $572 million when you factor in the grant of rights and the exit fee penalties. Um, you know, Here's the fascinating part. Whether they like to or not, to my knowledge, nobody held a weapon to Florida State's head, spear or otherwise. Um, Yes, pun intended with the Chief Osceola spear that he has. uh, A flaming spear or otherwise. Florida State did choose to sign that. So again, I'm not a legal expert, but it seems like this is a a long-shot case by FSU sensing a level of desperation. And it took all this for the ACC to be unified and file a lawsuit against the Florida State 
board of trustees yesterday. So clearly they knew this was going to come. So just all of that worth keeping in mind when it comes to Florida State and the lawsuit. Um, I just I tend to believe at the end of the day this is as much of a long shot case as you could possibly find. Speaking of long shots, it's not a long shot that Virginia will get another big transfer. That is one of the topics we discuss right now, quickly in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. UVA adding another transfer and another skill position player and wide receiver Andre Green, who comes in from North Carolina. Look, all all the issues about Virginia aside, uh, and they have plenty of them, particularly on the offensive line, defensive line, coaching and development. um, I actually do think it makes sense if you're going to try to bring guys in uh, through the transfer portal to go with the skill position uh, at Virginia and hope you can develop guys internally in the trenches. Now, Virginia is going to need those players to take a major step forward on the offensive line because it was not good last year. I understand the theory behind it. I just question the practicality and implementability of that strategy. Number four. Well, Trey, I don't know how you're going to be holding up the rest of this weekend, but I can imagine it's been a rough last 24 hours for you as Japanese star Yoshinobu or Yoshinobu Yamamoto not going to your New York Yankees. You know what? I'm okay. I'll be okay with it over time, but I'm proud of you for getting that right. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yep. The pitcher from Japan. He is going to join Shohei Otani, another Japanese sensation with the LA Dodgers. 12-year, $325 million contract. The big thing for me, I know back in my day, but back in my day, I remember when the Yankees always won these type of free agent battles now they have lost a number of these big free agent battles it has to be a head scratcher and a painstaking thing for someone like you trey number three no pain for the baltimore orioles and their fans who love camden yards or just baseball fans in general because maryland they have approved the orioles lease at camden yards to be extended as a long-term lease ending a five-year negotiation uh, just before the current lease was set to expire uh, within the next two weeks. What's the old phrase? Deadline spur action? Pretty much holds true here. Five years and it took them this long to negotiate and all of this comes to a head two weeks before the lease was set to expire. Number two. According to WDRB, in spite of their struggles and their blowout loss to Kentucky last night, Louisville Athletic Director Josh Hired saying that Kenny Payne will still remain as the men's basketball coach at least through the early part of the year. Um, You know, at this point, I, I feel like you're doing more harm than good by keeping a guy like that around because, I mean, what are you accomplishing? Everyone knows how this is going to end. Um, it wasn't as bad as it could be, but when you still lose in convincing fashion last night, um, to your arch rival Kentucky and you're struggling to fill up the the Yum Center, you're at less than 50% capacity regularly. Everyone knows what they need to know about this program. Um, at this point, it just is delaying the inevitable for a sad program, but sometimes you know the guy is not the guy and it's just best to move on. And it seems like we've clearly reached that point with Louisville. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Liberty's Jamie Chabwell mentioning that quarterback Jonathan Bennett and defensive back Preston Hodge, he who will go to Colorado, will both not participate in the Fiesta Bowl January 1st against Oregon. Of course, Jonathan Bennett announcing his commitment to go to the Citadel. 
Um, good for Bennett. I, I have no fault for him. He got beat out by the job. He has one more year left to play. Uh, he gave a lot to that program at Liberty. There should be a lot of love and support for him. Trey Lowe will be QB2 for Liberty. Again, I, I get that as well. If you're Liberty, Lowe has played a little bit more in his, his athletic style, a better fit than Hampton's, uh, to be the backup QB for Liberty against Oregon. Uh, and Preston Hodge. I mean, it's clear he's moved on as well. If you moved on, there's no buy-in. I understand that one completely. And there is your fast five at five -ish. Speaking of bowl games, that is part of what we will get to right now in our votes of confidence and then look ahead to the NFL on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. Long weekend of games coming up. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. All right, Trey, we issued the good old robotic soundbite for keeping receipts. But six, five, and one for each of us. 153, 149, six for me. 154, 148, six for you. We kind of basically were the same on everything. Bills and Ravens were good for us. Broncos were not good for us. Um, and uh, we'll move on to this week. Yeah, I'll be glad to move on. Last week, it felt like a lot hey. of breaks went against my way, so I'll take it. But it's a winning weekend. You know, a winning weekend in spite of that. Those bowl are ones record, where you not feel as good. much, but I don't have those exactly. Uh, you know, I, I actually want to hear the bowl record when we get to the end because this is so screwy. It is so hard to figure out motivation, intensity, and everything else. Speaking of which, Georgia Tech and UCF, that's the lone bowl game this evening. Knights have been steamed up to a six-point favorite over the Yellow Jackets. Um, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think UCF wins, but I think Georgia Tech can keep it within a touchdown. So uh, I'll give me the yellow jackets. Trey, you summed it up quite well for me. Georgia Tech wants to be here, so I think the motivation level is high for them as well as we play amateur psychologist. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how this one's going to unfold. I'm just going to follow the line movement. Arkansas State was a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it's up to three over Northern Illinois in the Camellia Bowl at noon tomorrow. My fade, the MAC Principal comes into play here. Northern Illinois out of the MAC, and the line is moving to Arkansas State, so I'll go with them. The MAC has actually done well so far in bowl season, though. Look at Ohio last week. Um, so I'll take Northern Illinois plus three. I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of lean the underdog when I don't know. Also, big game tomorrow, the Birmingham Bowl. Yippee. Duke, seven-point underdog against the homestanding Troy from Alabama. Uh, I'm going with Troy in this one. Duke has so many opt-outs. Uh, a head coach that's not really coaching this game and Manny Diaz. Uh, those are situations that always cause me to be leery more on that momentarily. Troy's kind of having the same thing, though. So uh, I'll take Duke with the big number, both, you know, with both, you know, temporary coaching staffs. So um, big number, give me Duke. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there was many opt-outs for Troy, but I get your principle with John Summerall going to Tulane. More on them in a moment. Uh, speaking of Virginia schools, by the way, at 3.30 tomorrow, Air Force, two-point underdog to JMU in the Armed Forces Bowl. Uh, cold weather, nasty, down in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, plus, JMU's coaching staff is on the move, and a lot of players are opting out or may end up opting out, you know, those game-time decisions. Uh, Air Force, I know they've had injuries at quarterback, and they sputter down the stretch, but uh, again, amateur psychologist here, I really question, as motivated as JMU was to get to a bowl where the organization will be against the Air Force team where no one seems to want to play that style in the spot. Yeah, give me Air Force. Utah State versus Georgia State in the Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm going to go with this principle. It's going to be cold and nasty, I'm sure, out there in Boise, Idaho, with all due respect to our guy from FrontStretch.com, Brian Nolan. Uh, Utah State, uh, I, I will give them uh, to cover, and the line has moved from being a three-and-a-half-point underdog to a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I got Georgia State to cover. The Ventures Bowl, wherever the hell this thing is going to be. Eastern Mission against South Alabama. I'll take South Alabama. Again, another fade the Mac. South Alabama, 13-and-a-half. Big number in a bowl game. Give me Eastern Michigan. 
Uh, Las Vegas Bowl. Northwestern, 9.5 to 10-point underdog against Utah. Uh, I can't imagine the motivation level is going to be that high for Utah since they've been to a couple of Rose Bowls recently. Uh, meanwhile, for Northwestern, they fought to get here. I like them to cover. Give me Northwestern. Shoot. Uh, we're running out of time. Should we just skip to uh, Tech? Quickly, San Jose State, I, I like them against Coastal, minus 10. I'll take Coastal, okay. even with the opt-outs. They're used to, with Grace, used to being without Grace McCall. Gotcha. The other big bowl game of note, of course, is the Virginia Tech game against Tulane. That is your bowl game, Trey, that will take place a noon airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Hokies, 10.5-point favorites. It started off as 4.5. I'll be blunt, Trey. I know the line has moved in this direction. I think it could be even more than that. I think this is a reverse pinstripe bowl from a couple of years ago, so I will go with Virginia Tech. I agree. Give me the Hokies. Meanwhile, we'll have all of our college football bowl game picks posted on our social media platforms. We'll do that as a special for you in the next day or so, maybe sooner. But to the NFL we go, Trey, before we get to our slate of games on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, Commanders, 3-point underdog at the Jets. Uh, no way in real life am I going to sniff betting this game. But for the sake of this, I am literally going to take the underdog, or excuse me, I'm going to literally take the Jets just because the Commanders, uh, I question where their motivation is. At least the Jets might have their coaching staff come back. Yep, I'll go under 37 in a predictably ugly one. Yeah, I'm taking the Commanders because the Jets offense is that bad. Um, uh, under 37. This game will be like a 3 nothing final score. Could very well be, Trey. Doubleheader Saturday, Bengals at the Steelers starting at 4 o'clock. Three-point favor to the Bengals, under 38. I like it getting to three. That gives me a chance to take the Steelers to cover in a low-scoring game. Do I think the Steelers win? Eh, you know, it's probably a coin flip at best, given their issues. But still, it's a road game. Steelers can cover and keep it interesting. That's why I like the Steelers to cover. Um, So, I agree. Steelers and under. Bills, 12.5-point favorites at the Chargers, over-under of 44. Um, This is a huge number. I, I know we're down on the Chargers, and they just made a coaching staff change. Uh, which doesn't seem to like it would go well, and Buffalo has gotten hot at the right time. I think Buffalo easily wins this game, but they can win it, be in control, and have fewer points, which means the Chargers cover the 12.5. Um, yeah, Bills and under 44. Our triple header on Sunday starts at 12.30. Browns, three-point favorites at the Texans. I'll go with the Texans. Just the Browns' style has been low-scoring. Texans on their backup quarterback as well with Stroud and concussion protocol. I'll go Texans and under 40 because the Browns love to play these defensive-type games. Um, why do we keep agreeing? Uh, Texans and over... I have the over 40 in this one. Maybe so we can go as fast as possible to get to our slate of great guests like Dave Glenn at 525 and Michael Lombardi around 540. Cowboys pick them against the Dolphins. I'll take the Dolphins. Again, I don't feel confident about either of these, but I, I trust the Dolphins. Cowboys have one great pass rusher and is banged up as the Dolphins are on the line. Dallas is not great in the trenches right now either, so I'll take the Dolphins and under 50. Looks like Tyreek's going to play in this game. The risky style that the Dallas DBs like to play against against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle will not work with their speed. So I think the Dolphins win. I do think this will be a shootout. Dolphins defense is playing better. Jalen Ramsey obviously helps with that. So I'll, I'll still lean the over. Like, this game could be in the 20s. So give me the Dolphins in the over 50. Phenomenal analysis for game two of our Sunday triple header. Game three will be the Patriots, a seven-point dog at the Broncos. I'm merely taking the Patriots to cover at seven because I've got the under 34 and think when it's a low-scoring game, it means a cover of a big margin like seven, big in the NFL is very very possible. Uh, Pats in under 34. I'm using that same logic, by the way, for game one of our Christmas triple header, which starts at 12.30 p.m. on Christmas Day. Raiders, 10-point underdogs at the Chiefs. I'm going Raiders in under 40 and a half for the same reason. Chiefs, defense-based. Raiders happy to play that style, so that's why that. 
Uh, this game is our Chiefs blew them out already. I think they do it again. So giving the Chiefs the over 40 and a half. Giants Eagles 13 and a half over and under is 43. I actually think both these defenses have their leaky spots. I think the Giants keep this relatively close. And the big issue for Philly is is more than anything their defense and Jalen Hurts. I don't think that ankle's been the same for much of the year. So you mean his knee? His well, his knee and his ankle. He's had both those injuries. Uh, and I think. That's not going to get better till next season. I think it's going to impact the Eagles the rest of the way offensively. So I think the Eagles will put up points with some big play guys, but their defense is susceptible to giving them up, and I think the game flow means over 43. Last one, by the way, Trey, your projections? Uh, Eagles and under 43. I think Philadelphia will bounce back. They Ra just need to if Ra they're going to win. Ravens 5.5 points at the 49ers. Trey, I'm going to be blunt. I'm taking the Ravens if only because I've got the, the Niners at great numbers to have the best record in the NFL, the best record in the NFC uh, before the end of the regular season. And this is a hedge spot where I can potentially double dip and if nothing else, cover myself if Baltimore wins outright. So I've got the Ravens and I've got over 47. The Niners have been fantastic offensively, but a little leaky defensively. Once again, we agree. So give me the Ravens. There, give me over 47. There it is. Trey and I will have more on our bowl matchups over the next couple of days. So keep it locked to Fastlane, Ed Lane, and Trey Lyle VT on the socials. And to us, Dave Glenn on the ACC Florida State Battle. Michael Lombardi on the NFL, next in the Fastlane.